This is the Umbrella Academy podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we are discussing the penultimate episode of the Umbrella Academy Season 2, Episode 9, 743. Okay, all I know is we've got one five too many, and you're the one acting like a maniac. Maniac? Luther, you have seen nothing. If you want a maniac, I will show you maniac. Okay, as your spotter, I think the best thing I can do for you right now is put you out of your misery. Okay, Luther, listen. I know your feeble mind only responds to age and authority, so listen very closely. Yet again, you are experiencing daddy issues. This time with your own brother, which honestly is making me a bit crazy. But remember this. I'm 14 days older than him. I have seniority here. So it is me you should be listening to, Luther. I'm the daddy here! Welcome back, fellow Academy alumni and fellow Brolly Dollies. Uh, This is TV Podcast Industries. This is the Umbrella Academy podcast for season two. And this is episode nine, seven, four, three. Yes, I'm the daddy here, one of your hosts. Or maybe I am uh, just sexy trash uh, (laughs) as well. Who knows? Uh, Only you can decide this, uh, fellow Brolly Dollies. But yes, I'm one of your hosts, John. (laughs) I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. And I'm Chris. Does that make me the mum or the child of this? I'm, 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 I'm definitely not the daddy. Uh, robot mum. Robot mum. Okay, robot mum. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh wait, no, no. Give me Pogo. I'm a, okay. I, I'm Pogo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can. Be yeah. Pogo. I, I can be Pogo. I yeah. guess that makes me robot mum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Watch yourself into that one. I will now edit this podcast really quickly. <laughs> as you plug in there you go there you go that's why i'm so good at editing excellent God. please good don't stuff. give me anything else to edit <laughs> <laughs> yeah welcome back fellow brolly dollies or academy alumni if you will yeah. um we are here and it's been great having you uh for our coverage of the umbrella academy mm-hmm. remember even at this late stage of course you can head on over to any academical or non-academical podcast catcher of your choice subscribe rate us leave a review any support uh for uh tv podcast industries uh is very very much appreciated and of course uh if there is a spurred dollar uh hanging around or dare i say spurred doula uh then of course you can head on over to our patreon site at patreon.com forward slash tv podcast industries uh any support is really really appreciated Mm -hmm. absolutely and if you can't support us over patreon of course the best way to support us other than that is to share a podcast you can share it anywhere that you listen to podcasts or anywhere that you have friends on your socials yes sharing the love is most definitely sharing the podcast But I think with that public service announcement, (laughs) uh, we should get into episode 9, 743, which does sound like a flight, doesn't it? It Uh, One of those things from distant memory uh, that I can no longer remember. The cramped space, the uh, stale air, and uh, the lack of elbow room. Uh, But always the possibility you could end off uh, stranded on a desert island for... uh for seven or eight yeah. years and is it hell heaven or purgatory none of the <laughs> <laughs> well sir 
and Chris has a different show. Chris has a movie in his head. He just has Castaway. We have lost. Uh, Yeah. There you go. There we go. Uh, Whatever desert island of your dreams, Mm -hmm. uh, we're glad you have decided to listen to TV Podcast Industries. Uh, On with episode nine, seven, four, three. Derek, what are some of the episode details? Much like the Umbrella Academy themselves, everybody's ganging up together towards the end of the show. Uh, the episode directed by uh, Amanda Marcellus, who did episode eight. Uh, and the teleplay for this one was done by Brahman Garrity, who did episode six. And uh, Robert Askins, who wrote episode five. So, uh, so all the writers coming together to team up on this uh, this penultimate episode of the show. It is a smorgasbord of writer's room and creatives yeah. uh, getting involved uh, in this. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Good stuff. I would love to know who decided the flatulence aspect out of the writer <laughs> I know Just, they, deserve, they deserve a race yeah Absolutely. fart jokes are awesome uh, the They're always funny the four year old child in me uh, doesn't hesitate to to come back out after the old flatulence or excessive wind in the bowels shall we say uh <laughs> comes out absolutely well the joke did begin in episode eight so uh it could possibly be mark guffman or jesse mcgowan who came up with that uh, in episode eight maybe and it continued yeah. into episode nine so uh yeah i'd love to know it was definitely a right they must have just thought it was hilarious in the writer's room as you would really so. well let's <laughs> so just say after the chili at the weekend i was at stage four for quite some time <laughs> <laughs> can i spoil a little bit um not going to give away your pub quiz question for this week john but uh can i just say dear listeners fellow academy alumni uh john's question originally for this episode was going to be <laughs> how many farts were in this episode to make you watch the episode and just count the number of farts he thought that would be hilarious but i have oh, talked him off the brilliant. He talked me out of it, but maybe that could be a bonus question. It could be, it could be. But I know that you haven't gone through the episode yourself to count how many there are. So um, no, I would have so to do that myself. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be down to me to count them. Yeah. No, I am more than willing to rewatch uh, this episode <laughs> mm-hmm. of the Umbrella Academy. Absolutely. Well, on that note, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. As the fives plot against each other. One of the siblings makes a big sacrifice to save Vanya, and Leela learns the truth about her parents. I said your your synopsis. I actually mean thanks, Netflix, for writing the synopsis for, <laughs> for the entire season. It's uh, allowed us to do these really quickly, which is good. No, exactly. Uh, that is perfect for this uh, quick fire um show uh, for ourselves mm-hmm. um, but let's get on to our big moments for episode nine chris take it away why thank you um i want to discuss the sacrifice mm-hmm. that we just called out in the summary yeah um goodbye ben um like i literally sh- i was an emotional wreck after this, I shed a tear. Ah, okay, uh, okay, that's was, really good. I was, I was wondering. That's where I was like, I literally shed a tear. Um, yeah, no, it's because we had the emo- in our show notes for our listeners. I had the emoji with the one single tear coming out the eye. Okay, like, yep, that's that was it. I was concerned because... that stage four had gone critical. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <with that> one. <laughs> no, it was just such an amazing piece of writing. The way that they had this character do the ultimate sacrifice mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to save the sibling. 
So running it back down, we've seen in the previous episode, Ben um, kind of finally gets to uh, show his family or parts of his family that he did travel back in time through possessing Klaus. He got to spend time with his love interest mm-hmm. and like additionally share a touching moment with Diego, uh, share a moment with Luther and five. And then being here, when uh, Klaus and Diego and Alison are there trying to save Vanya, mm-hmm. uh, he, where they all fail, he is able to persevere. And they could have just let her that. They showed the electric kind of spark touching her hand. Yeah. And I was like, you could, that's where you could have left it. You could have done that. He just saved the day. They took it that step further where he enters her and I'm going to, pull from Sherlock here, her mind palace, mm-hmm. um, which is the Academy. Yeah. And you get such a touching moment yeah. between the two of them that's charged with, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. it. It was just this emotion of being able to save your sister, say the right thing while at the same time, showing his character growth in the years since he's passed mm-hmm. um that she suddenly remembers everything and he's able to give her that the, the the acceptance of it's not just you we've all been through this yeah and then passing over and he he's done what he remained on earth to do mm. that that kind of whole thing that ghosts stay a la- stay around for, to complete a task he expended his final amount of energy while he was staying around to save his sister yeah and yeah. then tell her he's okay with that yeah it's like i don't mind passing now he said something to her mm-hmm. he left a message which I think will play out in the next episode, hopefully. And I'm, I'm really hoping it does because it's such a good, it's like that message in a bottle. It may not play out in this episode, it may play out further. Yeah. But just, oh, so, yeah, I, I, I was shocked kind of, I sat there going, of all the characters mm-hmm. for this to happen to, Ben was not who I was expecting it to right. be. Right. Um, now I think I I absolutely loved the scene and really enjoyed having um this kind of moment. We kind of we'd talked about it before with his discussion with Diego that there's a feeling that Ben was kind of the glue that was holding the family together. Um we still don't know how he died, we still don't know why he died, when he died. So um it feels like that moment when he did die is what broke the family apart, is kind of what the feeling we've always yeah. had since season mm-hmm. one. But the fact that they've held they've held that back and held that hidden from us as the audience. But seeing these interactions that they've done so well in this season with himself and, and Diego and with himself and Klaus at times, um, they've had this really strong relationship, even though they probably hate each other because they've spent whatever it is now, 17 years together or 20 years yeah. together, whatever it is, um, however many years it's supposed to be. But they've, they do have a, a hate-haste relationship, but there's definitely love underneath it all. And now seeing a moment here with him and Vanya where he's able to talk her off the ledge and say, you're not this way because of you. You're this way because our father treated you like a bomb from the minute 
he realized what you were. He didn't treat you like that. You were going to become something bad. He treated like you already were something bad. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. I thought that was a a beautiful way to, to deal with it. Yeah, definitely. I think there were some really nice moments here. Like you were saying about the bomb and he says, you know, dad couldn't handle your anger. That doesn't mean that you can't. Exactly. Um, yeah. and it, it just again, just linking into that. Um, the, the fact that you had Allison, uh, Klaus, Diego all trying to reach Vanya mm-hmm. to kind of have pull her from this ledge. Um, that she was metaphorically on, mm-hmm. um, that it, it was Ben who, you know, all of Vanya's sound waves, um, not affecting him at all, but you, you kind of felt that his time, um, dead, uh, the, the, you know, there was that empathy that he had with Vanya, um, and, uh, you know, even saying all these years with Klaus, it's all been gravy. You know, he's kind of enjoyed it in the end. Yes, Klaus is annoying, but he's uh, lovably uh, annoying. And um, I, I really, yeah, tears kind of uh, moist eyes started uh, when he says, can you hug me oh, uh, as yeah. I go? Oh, uh, it's yeah. been a long time. And I, I thought, you know, all this being done in, as you say, that sort of mind uh, architecture of Vanya was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. I thought I loved the symbol of the white va- violin on the mm-hmm. table. Um, and then as you went into, uh, inside the violin, you saw Vanya there. So yeah. this, this was just really just so, so good. I loved this, um, this part of it. Uh, and I, it was great seeing Ben, um, with this sacrifice, uh, being that true hero, um, you know, initially I was thinking, who is the unlikely hero here? I was thinking it was going to be Klaus because yeah, the, Allison yeah. and Diego had failed. And he's um, the most unlikely of heroes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and ultimately, not even he can sort of make his way to, to Vanya. Although, Absolutely. In fairness, I have to say, I think he's the one that gets the furthest of the three. Definitely. Allison yep. gets knocked back um, first very quickly. And then Diego has no way of fighting the power to get to the end. But weirdly Klaus gets all the way to the door before he comes over now i think that's partly helped by what's it diego releases a, a fire hose which allows him yeah. to climb some of the way or most of the way there but he's still able to do it like in fairness you know i love that like what he calls himself um he's just sexy trash he's not a hero as is his description of himself <laughs> at the beginning but i think he does a pretty good job to get as far as he does yeah and, and also uh, he says you know people have expectations uh, mm-hmm. like he people do not expect him to be the unlikely hero. And yeah. He says Vanya has expectations of me that she doesn't expect him to probably save her. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, he's kind of fairly downbeat on himself, but uh, you know, everyone likes a trier. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I just a call out for any of our listeners who are kind of unsure about the white violin. Um, in the comic books, uh, the white violin is Vanya. That's right. She, that is kind of her superhero name. And even to a point where her, she is in one of the first book and the very first storyline. Um, she is transformed into a white violin. Yeah. Um, so that was a reference to that, but also <laughs> season one where she was playing a white violin at the end. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of her super villain. Uh, su- yeah. Super yes. villain name, really. Um, and yeah. everybody has a code name in the, in the comics, but Vanya never had one because she never had a superpower according to the original storyline yeah. until that end when she becomes the villain. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad they did it this way. Uh, in yes. TV show, once again, I said at the end of season one, I'm so glad that they just made it a white suit from the black suit. <laughs> rather than yeah. what happens during the comics because it's pretty 
impossible to bring to life, yeah. let's say. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, two follow-up questions. Uh-huh. So, first things first. Have we said goodbye to Ben forever? That is a question I have. I think it's a great goodbye to the character. Um, I think his story has been left so open um, with no details of his past that I think you could probably do a bunch of flashbacks and continue to have Ben in the show as they kind of explore his past. Exactly. Um, But I can't see how this Ben would ever appear again. I I don't think... Well, there's, there's, there is a way. Klaus is possibly a conduit to the afterlife, and Ben's superpower is that he is a portal to the dimension beyond this world. So absolutely there are ways you could write this Ben coming back from the afterlife. <laughs> there's absolutely ways. I, I just think it's a lovely goodbye to him at this point that I yeah. can't imagine we'll have him just coming back in next episode. Or something. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it is a really nice goodbye but i mean also just the fact you have the time travel nature of this okay mm. not as such being able to link the the physics and timeline of uh the the current academy's time travels yep. i suppose then <laughs> just simply with the time travel um like in effect he is dying here yet he hasn't been born yet so does yep. that mean it rules out him being born? So, I mean, if they do go back to some point, will he be there? Mm. Um, yep. be- because he has to, the timeline, he has to still be able to come back to get to that yep. point to do it, you know, yep. to have yeah. that no, moment exactly. with Vanya. So I think just with the time travel element, we could see him back here, um, alive even. Um, so, oh, maybe. yeah. yeah. Time, that's my thing. Timey-wimey is very fluid and crazy yeah i think i I would i would not like to see them negate this i think this was uh i don't want them to negate this death and this scene Mm. um but i would like to see this character back be it through flashbacks or through klaus channeling him slightly for temporarily or it being that they talk to reginald um to reggie and kind of say in season three, it's preventing the death of Ben. Maybe. So, like, figuring out what happened and then them working to stop that death. Yeah, maybe. Because he made the ultimate sacrifice. Now they want to make a sacrifice for him. Yeah. I think that's a good opportunity. Um, I, I love this actor. I love the character. Yeah. Uh, and specifically, I don't want, I just, this sacrifice, it's, it, for me, it's very similar to, Black Widow sacrifice in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that negated because it was such a touching, heartfelt, pinnacle moment yeah. that if you just negate it by bringing them back, click non click, then it kind of negates a lot of what happened previously. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, finally, second question. Mm-hmm. We are treated to a, a repercussion of Vanya's uh, power um, and her connection. So previously, she's we've seen her basically the best way is a repercussion of her actions. And first is the first repercussion is Ben's death. The second is from her saving Harlan. He now seems linked to her mm-hmm. f- psychically, maybe sharing parts of her power. Yeah. Uh, when she goes, he goes, and we're treated at the end of this episode to a 
the barn where he is in now, um, humming with power. Yeah. While she is turned down, she he is not. So it's very interesting. What do you guys think? Well, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's obviously the setup for the finale. You know, this is definitely a moment within this episode where you kind of go. Uh, I think we might have said this maybe offline. I don't think we put it. We we actually talked about it in our last uh, episode, Chris. But there is a point in this episode where you're going. These characters think it's all over, but we as the audience know we have an episode and a half left, so this can't possibly yeah. be over. So kind of like what happened in season one when Vanya becomes the white violin and the final episodes are about her being the villain of the show, which we didn't yeah. know up until that point. This is kind of, uh-oh, there's somebody out there connected to Vanya who is the actual villain of the show, which is Harlan, possibly. Yeah. Maybe, again, we don't know because we haven't seen the last episode, but... Obviously, there's all the stuff with the handler and the commission and all that kind of thing. But right now, we have someone with the same powers as Vanya out there who has zero control over it, has hardly any connection to anybody else that is able to get him into control. And he's out there all alone. He's not out there sitting right beside the rest of the Umbrella Academy who've dealt with something like this before. But but yeah, so so will he just... Will it explode and level the farm? Will there be something bigger that will happen? I think that's it, isn't it? Because, I mean, with what Ben does effectively the apocalypse, the nuclear apocalypse of um, that was seen by Diego in the infinite uh, operator mm-hmm. room, then or switchboard, I should say, um, you know, that in a sense has, has gone. Yeah. Um, Kennedy is assassinated here in, in this episode. So yeah. in terms of preserving the timeline, there was no explosion from the building, um, as Kennedy is assassinated, yet you have this. What 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 is it described by the commission? Where you've got this anomaly that is off the charts. Mm-hmm. So, have they kind of prevented one apocalypse to start another one? Because yeah. Harlan, maybe <laughs> without having the ability to speak, um, cannot control this at all. Yeah. He is unable to do that unless Vanya can can help with that. But that's what it seems to me is that. With what happens um, in the fact that he um, uses his powers to save um, Sissy and ultimately kill Carl with the uh, bullet from the shotgun, that he can't any longer control it and so you have this you know this great image of the 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 barn at the farm just um sort of with this blue glow coming from it yeah uh, kind of shaking and looking like it's uh you know kind of kansas in tornado season that something's <laughs> yeah. going to happen uh, and it fly off uh the the side of the the hill and it's so i just don't know i mean that's the really interesting thing here is have they averted the one that Diego's were of only to have caused another? Again, this kind of forever infinite apocalypse generator. That's the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the fun thing. It's basically every time they stop an apocalypse, they, they inadvertently kind of, there's another apocalypse they need to stop, and it's yep. consistently just going to keep happening. So I like the idea that Harlan maybe is season three. He is the apocalypse from season three Maybe. because yes, this is a uh, a child with special needs who potentially we're not we're not given an exact definition whether it's autism or X Y Z, and it but we do know he has trouble c- 
kind of with his emotions Mm -hmm. and that is a direct link to what vanya had like her anger was the cause of her like was the cause her emotions were the cause uh, because she can't control her emotions so we have essentially vanya 2.0 yeah maybe to a degree uh maybe like it's going to be interesting to see whether it's a season three or if it's all wrapped up in the next episode and to replace ben we get a new member of the academy yeah, possibly. In Harlan. Yeah. Maybe. I think that's going to be like, essentially, you, you need the, the lucky number seven. You've got a <laughs> new member. Um, let's wait and see. We really like that idea, Chris. Yeah, it's entirely possible that they could bring in Harlan uh, if they do bring him to the future and set back up the Academy, I suppose, is, is one of the ideas that we heard earlier that Sissy and, and Harlan could join the Academy and come into the future, definitely. Uh, one last thing on the death of Ben, just because I really liked how it was put together. It felt like he was in the center of a nuclear explosion, just probably because we watched Chernobyl last year. I had that kind of idea of someone dying inside the center of a, of a oh, exploded God, yeah. nuclear reactor, effectively. So that's what it kind of felt like when you had Ben going, um, I've, I've held on as long as I possibly could. And you see parts of his, well, I was going to say flesh, but parts of his, um, projected self past his goat self started to fall away before he asks for that hug from Vanya um, I just love the way it was it, it really felt like I am right at the centre of this storm of power that is that is Vanya calming her down and, and saving everyone kind of thing it really did feel like uh, it's such a big moment but I thought it was yeah. really well filmed uh, just oh, wanted to call that beautiful. out but, yeah. yeah no the effects on that just like part watching his and I don't I didn't know how they did it initially um, because it was just the way he, he kind of, as you said, kind of flaked away. Mm-hmm. He, it was the, their dust, MCU dusting moment. Basically. And yeah. it was, for me, it was very reminiscent of Peter Parker, Tom Holland scene mm-hmm. in Infinity War, uh-huh. because it was that yeah. I'm not feeling well, Mr. Stark, yeah. and just slowly turning and crumbling away in Tony Stark's hands. Whereas here you had it, him, Ben crumbling away in, uh, Vanya's and it was the same where you're left with this Vanya just holding her arms out holding air yeah. it was just yeah. great really good fantastic effects really good before we yes. all ball uh, crying in tears um, do you want to go on to our next big point John do you want to take I think on? we should yeah. yes it is 743 which is file 743 were you all doing the same thing I was doing the whole episode looking for what door number it was or what, well exactly was it a license plate or <laughs> was it something? But this, yeah, it it contains very sensitive information mm-hmm. about Leela and the handler's relationship and also how it came to be, more importantly, through the murder of um, Leela's parents. Um, mm-hmm. And I, 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 you know, this is bound to have more repercussions down the line than it maybe did in this episode. I think first off, though, I do like how this um, file was brought to the attention of Herb mm-hmm. uh, as he's in the handler's office by AJ Carmichael using the aquarium gravel to uh, spell out uh, or to write out, I should say, 743 Absolutely. in lighter colored gravel bits um, <laughs> as he's communicating through aquarium gravel as a clever fishy mm-hmm. would do. Um, so, is that, is that when they first found out, like the first time they ever found out that this was a sentient, 
well, of course, it's a sentient being as a goldfish, but that it was a really intelligent goldfish that he was spelling out words in his, <laughs> in his aquarium. Exactly. <laughs> now, unfortunately, this course of action from uh, AJ ends up uh, with him uh, not surviving this episode. No. So whilst maybe not on the same emotional level as Ben, we also do have a, a goodbye to... Um, the the goldfish mm-hmm. as well in yeah. in AJ Carmichael, um, who is devoured a bit like fish uh, in a fish called Wanda, yep. um, <laughs> devoured raw and wriggly and um, sushi, if you will, um, sushi esque, if you will, I suppose, um, uh, like uh, was done to uh, the fish called Wanda. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I kind of, you know, I, I like the fact that there was this fun way of the fish spelling out in the aquarium gravel, but Herb does get the file and manages to get, um, it to Leela after she has been questioning him because at this point, Diego is, is, has escaped back to, um, back to uh 1963 mm-hmm. so she is searching the commission high and low and begins to question uh herb which she calls the sweaty gerbil man uh <laughs> which i thought was quite good as well um and you know there is that really nice moment on the staircase where he gives her the file um and you know you see the surprise and shock on, on her face mm-hmm. uh but i i love that it just kind of then cuts away and, and you have it later that that moment which you're thinking is going to be the showdown as she knows the truth between her and the handler and in fact despite preparing to dispatch her her own foster uh child the handler is lucky enough that it is approved by aj carmichael's stamp and that it does say that number five, as we were talking previously, that he is the one that dispatched her parents. Mm-hmm. But from the flashback that is there, what we do realize is that it is the handler that uses Carmichael's stamp to approve the mission. Um, and also from the flashback, if it's true, then she was also present. So, mm-hmm. um, but luckily, she is not mentioned in the file, I presume. So Leela still has sort of no truth, maybe to what extent her mother's involvement uh, is in the death of her biological parents. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just thought this was a really nice thing because we were kind of, you know, we'd seen that flashback. Yeah. Obviously, number five as well was hidden. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was fer- it was fairly obvious, but there's nice... Um, I suppose, nice confirmation here. Absolutely. Chris, you definitely called it out on the podcast. Yeah! (laughs) I called this one. I'm so happy with it. As soon as I saw that, I was just like, yes! Crazy theories one, everything else zero. It wasn't that crazy a theory, but yes, theories one, I'll say. Theories. Okay, I don't get to say this often, but yay! Um, You get one per season, I I really enjoyed this. I do think it will come out, though, in the next episode. Yeah, me too. I think that's the thing. They conf- they confront five. Five was there, um, and then I think they'll go after the handler together. Okay, interesting. Yes, I I, I agree on that one. I think there's possibly a two pronged attack on the handler as well because from the last episode, where um, the elder Swede does realize that he has been getting inauthentic. Um, 
transmission from the commission and it mm-hmm. smells of lavender yeah um yeah <laughs> so uh he he does know that that was used to crack his pert white swedish buttocks uh in the sauna uh by the <laughs> handler yes possibly no I thought, okay. but and she yes. was using it as well as well as uh grabbing hold of the uh wiener Yes, of his brother. Yes. That was his brother. Yes, of course. But Lavender was involved mm-hmm. in that sauna as well. Yeah. Well, she she used Lavender. Exactly. That was the thing. She's her body yes. wash or whatever it was. Anyway, she smelled of Lavenders. And that will be her downfall. Um, yeah, I I loved every aspect of the kind of whole file 743. Mm-hmm. Did not know where they were going with it. I thought it was going to be like some great big huge secret. Mm-hmm. Like it's like protocol seven four three type thing. Exactly. To, what to do in a coup d'etat um kind of thing. I I did not know it was going to be that. I was hoping maybe it would be like you get the future Umbrella Academy members or it was like mm-hmm. Protocol seven four three, go get Reginald Hargreave from uh, from his frozen <laughs> uh, cryo, wherever he right. is, it like pluck him out and tell him all things like that. I was, it was just interesting, um, but very happy with what we got with this. Um, but I do want sushi. <laughs> but I suppose why it works out so well here is that seven four three. This this idea of the file, given the information to Leela, was hidden in front in plain sight from the beginning of the series, from her introduction, from her. Um, her origin story, as we talked about, we knew there was going to be a point that that would come back and bite yeah. the handler on the ass, basically, as to how she got, uh, she got Leela. Um, we knew that was going to come back somehow in the series. And as you correctly identified, it's also now coming back to bite five. So, uh, he now has Leela on his tail. So, yeah, yeah. And I did like the yeah. fact that the file was contained in that Indiana Jones type <laughs> warehouse <laughs> of file, of filing cabinets, uh, which was, a nice oh little touch God, there. Yes. So, um, yeah, it was because you're kind of there, you know, the episode 743. Okay. We've not heard that mm-hmm. as anything previously in, in the other eight episodes. Um, and it, it's so kind of just there. Like, it's what is it? What That's is right. it? What's it going to be? A, a door room, as you say, Chris, uh, ends up being a file with the truth of Leela. Um, at least in, in terms of how she got into, um, to be with the handler. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that kind of it for, uh, your big points there, John? It certainly is. Yeah. Derek? Um, I have two options for <laughs> my final point because there's two massive moments that we haven't talked about yet. <gasps> but I'm going to choose the fun one. We can talk about the other one in a second anyway. Why not? Um, my my choice is uh, five by five or five versus five um, because <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I think it's so well uh, done as a as a part of the episode where we have um, five using his powers versus and um, versus five basically uh, older five um, and once again like we talked about in the last episode having Luther there as his spotter uh, not knowing what the hell is going on the whole time uh, just adds to the comedy element of it. You know we have. Uh, young five, teen five, uh, punching, uh, Luther in the nuts so that he can get him out of the way to start this battle. And then as the fight goes on, we get the double nut punch, uh, to our double kick, uh, double, double ball kick, uh, whichever way, uh, to Luther, uh, so that they can continue the fight. Um, I really enjoy how they, how they 
how they play the superpower because we've seen the superpower used for so many things throughout the show. Um, just nonchalantly walking to the other side of a room to get a, a cup of coffee. We've seen him uh, jumping back and forth through time to commit assassinations, and now we see him fighting with somebody else across uh, across an area. I just thought it was so much fun to watch uh, in the episode. Um, and then what I absolutely loved about it, and this is probably where the deft writing came in, is that they had to tie this back in with our first introduction to five back in episode one of season one, without screwing anything up and it, it, the, the way it was put together it was so good so uh this battle is effectively uh going to be resolved with older five ending off in the future turning himself back into younger five because he still has got the calculations wrong right that's that's what has to happen in the end so to taunt him and to try and get him on their side young five is offering up the equation to solve the problem effectively uh for this for this jump into the future and effectively what happens is he gets kicked through the hole by Luther thinking he's doing the right thing. Luther gets hit in the head with the fire extinguisher that was thrown through by, uh, by, um, Klaus in the first episode of season one, knocking him out of the way. So everything that was predetermined to happen in season one, episode one ends off happening in this episode. There was no stopping it happening. It was a guaranteed moment yeah. in time, effectively, yeah. as, as they exactly. call those kind of uh, little thing that has to happen. But I loved how deftly written this was. And I can only imagine they must have gone, through, gone back to that first, back to the script for that first episode, sat it down side by side and went, okay, these are all the little touch points that happened. This is the amount of seconds that pass between the uh, hole opening up in the future and the fire extinguisher coming through. So we, that means we have a couple of lines of dialogue to keep him here in 1963 uh, before he jumps through. You know, I, I really, really thought that was a, a really well done scene. And of course, the fight taking place to Dancing With Myself by uh, Generation X. Singer, sing, yeah. sung by Billy yeah. Idol. I, I always uh, forget that Billy Idol was in a uh, was in a rock band before he was on his own. But uh, yeah, Dancing With Myself was just the perfect uh, underlining song it was so so good for sure I, I think aiden gallagher here is just like just <laughs> phenomenal um i loved yeah. his demeanor just him going crazier and crazier yeah. um you know the fact that the two fives teen five and um ye oldie five are plotting <laughs> still plotting against one another uh, and that that walk uh, over the bridge with Luther, mm-hmm. um, and it's all interspersed with a few little uh, farts here and there as we move, just to <laughs> to keep that kind of baseline child humor going. <laughs> and and even with the fight, um, I just really, really enjoyed his portrayal here. Mm-hmm. Just that the agitated look of him, the wide eyes, the just pure an utter condescending talk to Luther yeah. um, coupled with everything else. It was just really, uh, really good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just even bringing back in the daddy issues, like, you know, that Luther has, you know, he, he's so wonderfully like kind of awful in a way, um, but in the best possible way. And I, I just really loved yeah this portrayal i think aiden gallagher is absolutely stand out for yeah. this season yeah i um, absolutely love that me. moment with with luther where 
Luther just playing the perfect straight man where he's going, well, the plan is that we have one extra five, so we're just going to get rid of the extra five. <laughs> Aiden Gallagher's, just, you know, the delivery of the line going, no, that extra five is me. You're not getting rid of me, <laughs> kind of thing, you know. Uh, really, really good uh, interplay between the two of them, definitely. Um, also, this is where we get our Captain America quote. Uh, knew there was definitely going to be one coming this season, but uh, yeah, we have five saying to, Teen Five saying to Older Five, uh, I could do this all day. So uh, they had to yeah. be in there at some point, right? <laughs> I was expecting it. I was expecting it earlier, but yeah, we got mm-hmm. it there. It was great. Um, I loved this scene. I loved everything about this. I loved everything you guys have said. Um, and for me, it was just one of those standout fight scenes on the level of what we've seen with previous shows we covered, like Daredevil and stuff, like the hallway scene, because it's just so unique. Yeah. And I, what I mean, it was just kind of as brilliant and like as. What I don't mean it was as uh, kind of gruesome or kind of brutal as, say, The Punisher or, like, such a unique type yeah. of shot. It was just they had such a choice with the powers and the way that they decided to shoot that made it makes it so yeah. unique. It's that fight that takes place in the seconds between seconds. Yeah. Um, and I think that echoes back to what his dad was says, which is you don't need to jump back huge leaps. Everything happens in the mm-hmm. seconds. Jump those small seconds. So just seeing the two of them leaping, um, yeah, it's I do think it's reasonably unique for the po- for the shows that we've covered on this podcast to actually get a superhero battle. <laughs> we don't really see superhero superpowers versus superpowers very often uh, in the shows that we've that covered. That is true. A little bit of, uh, of in the, the movies, maybe in the movies, a little bit in the boys. We saw we saw superpowers versus non superpowered people quite a lot in that, and most of their heads exploded. Um, but in in uh, in the most of the shows that we see, it's superpowers tend to be very strong people fighting. People that aren't as strong as them, or people that have, you know, enhanced abilities like that. But, but, yeah, superpower versus superpower seems to be uh, something that is in the CW uh, Arrowverse quite a bit. You see Flash yeah. fighting, fighting somebody else with speed force, speed powers. I suppose uh, that's kind of similar to this, but I think this is done much higher budget, obviously, with Netflix uh, that, to do this kind of stuff. And I think they did a great job. And doesn't that stay its welcome either and has enough comedy underneath no. it all to, to make sure you're laughing as well as enjoying a good fight sequence as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So that was my big point, but I'm going to not talk any more about that because there is another massive point. If we had a fourth host, this would definitely be the one that they would choose because <laughs> this is a massive point. Um, kind of initiated by Diego still trying to think that he can change the future and save, uh, Kennedy. Uh, he doesn't save Kennedy. There's a Ugh. decoy left there by his father, Reggie, with the I told you so kind of thing. Uh, you can't save the future. Um, and we see the aftermath of that, really, which is the big moment from the episode, right? We have Reggie, who we've known is an alien since season one, revealing himself when he meets uh, the Majestic Twelve, um, all of whom are really happy with the outcome of what's happened for Reggie and effectively wanting to use even more of his tools and gadgets to turn the world towards what they want to happen. Doesn't yeah. look like that's going to happen for them. Well, no, I, I think what's great about this is he has been kept in the dark by the sounds of it. It sounds like, you know, they have really um, gotten on the wrong side of Sir Reggie here by assassinating Kennedy. He was assured that that wasn't going to happen. And certainly like it, it adds a different dimension to his, um, 
his promise to Grace actually in his office uh, yeah. from the previous episode. Yes. Um, that you know he is actually sincere about that, and he wasn't expecting uh, for this to happen. Uh, I think he says you shouldn't have killed JFK, yeah. and um, you know to the point where this is a matter of principle. And he says you will never hear from me again. To which case you have the G man saying, "Oh no, we will," because I say we want to use your tech um, and and all of this, uh, and that's great. Just the mask coming off, and then the 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 screams, the 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 thuds, uh, you name it, happening on in the background as yeah. uh, the I presume the majestic twelve looked very unmajestic by the time Sir Reggie had uh, finished with them. <laughs> I presume uh, they the were bloody yeah. twelve, maybe I they were inside out. But yeah, I I think it was more the probably the majestic thirty six, <laughs> possibly <laughs> the exactly. majestic thirty six pieces. Yeah, possibly. What, what do you guys think about this kind of choice? Personally, love it. Uh, before I, uh, I I will show my hand before I ask you guys a question. What do you think think about this kind of choice in shows where they decide not to show something that? that may not match up to your mind, I suppose. They decide to show something in relief, something uh, from the opposite experience, blood covering the screen kind of thing, rather than actually seeing what it is that Reggie looks like underneath uh, the skin. What do you guys think of that choice? Wait, so is, do you specifically the violence or the, the what the I alien I think it was like? the choice not to show what the alien looked like in the episode. That, that's what I think the decision was. I think they'd show the okay. violence because, well, maybe maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. But um, I think it was they, cho- they chose not to show the alien. What do you think of that as a choice? I enjoy it, but I don't think it was a specific choice for now. I think it's that... They have time to work on it for next okay. season. If there is an next season, I think. I, I think because essentially, at some point, he'll reveal himself to the yeah. children. And um, because what we, we very quickly learn is there's something on the dark side of the moon that he's trying to mm-hmm. get to, uh, and that's why he was working with Majestic Twelve. And I think the choice here is essentially: well, we've blown. A, we're in the penultimate episode. We've blown a lot of our budgets, and we will need to either CGI uh, a, a reptilian lizard mm-hmm. man. Or prosthetic the hell out of it. Um, and sometimes that can be good and done well. It can be done badly. In my head, I was like, oh my God, they're going to do it. And when I saw the back, I was like, oh my God, they're going to do. Do you remember the TV show V? Mm-hmm. Oh, the yeah. 70s version, not the remake. 80s, Chris, the first miniseries in 1985. Uh, I remember oh. watching it live on TV with my big brother. That was my first introduction to horror, my first introduction to sci-fi, proper dark sci-fi. Loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I thought they were going to look like that. I yeah. thought yeah. literally he was almost going to like have that type of look. And I was like, even if they do that, it would fit in with the aesthetic. Yeah. And the mask. The mask yeah. as well just reminded me of that as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So good. And I, I think... It was a choice they didn't because I think they're going to invest more into it. Because aesthetically, they could have gotten away with it. Mm, From like the way the campy nature of it, they could have done it. I think they just want to do it right and they probably just didn't have time, budget, etc. Maybe. I, I think it was just a choice. I, I, I love the idea of not actually seeing the violence, just seeing the carnage or hearing the carnage, seeing the blood kind of thing, uh, rather than actually showing it all on screen. I think it's just. Oh, the violence. I, yeah. Violence. Yeah. I actually love the fact that you don't see it. I like it. Yeah. Just I, because I'm, you don't need to. Fun little scene. Fun little yeah, scene. Yeah, it was. Um, just one point, because you called it there, Chris, the 
just popped back into my head. I remember thinking this exact thought when I watched the episode, The Dark Side of the Moon, this idea that Reggie's looking for something there and that Luther was sent up to the moon to sit on the moon for, what, four years on his own, wasn't it? I yeah. thought the, that was the mission on yeah. the moon. Um, so was it all a pointless mission that that Luther was sent up there or was there something more to it? Was it just the information that Luther was sending back that was pointless, but he was trying to keep him there in case something escaped maybe. from the dark side of the moon, maybe something like that? I think it was actually the readings. So, me, like, because there was one of them was like, I think he says seismic readings for the moon. I'm pretty sure that that was one of the... That Luther said, or... Luther said in season one. Yeah. But he was talking about the readings, they said, or or it was written on one of the readings that were sent back when yeah. he was at home and he read them. Because I think the seismic, it means that, oh, something's happening on the other side of the moon. That yeah. would have set off alarm bells. Um, but it was just that his father never opened up any of those at all. But did he need to open them? That's the thing. That's the question mark, because yeah. maybe there was another way that he was getting the image, because now we're learning he had all these other tricks up his sleeve. Yeah. Um. So maybe it was that he was monitoring it himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there was that. De- I think it was more to it. I think that's an interesting piece. Yeah. It, it could even have just been he had someone up there uh, ready to act in some way to yeah. stop something yeah. if yeah. he heard about it exactly. you know um it was the fail safe luther ultimately was a redundant fail safe yeah. um in a sense uh hence why he just made up the excuse that's assuming that the 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 thing on the dark side of the moon is a problem yeah. well cybertron a... is really yeah you never yeah, know with yeah, those, true, uh, those transformers you transformers gotta, you gotta worry. <laughs> Yeah, if Megatron uh, was in there, yeah. yeah, be a disaster. Especially if Michael Bay is there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Just found another reason why I love you guys. Not one of us has mentioned Pink Floyd once. Well done, yeah. guys. Well done. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it just leads, again, so many questions. And the question I have going into episode 10 is, my assumption is this will be the, that scene is the Firefly uh, spaceships taking off scene from season one, which okay. is we're not going to see anything else about that in season in episode ten. Yep. It will be explored in season three. Fingers <laughs> crossed, we get season three. Please give us a season three. I can't believe it still hasn't been confirmed. We're recording yeah. now on the on the fourth of August, uh, just to give some kind of uh, indication for our Academy alumni. Uh, the day we're recording is the week is is the week after the show has come out now at this stage. But uh, there is no confirmation, definitely as of today, that there is going to be a season three. Um, it is to come. There is no doubt this show has been number one in most uh, countries that it's been released in. Um, every day since it was released so i can only imagine that they will be confirming this show for a third season uh, unless something massive happens in episode 10 and everybody gets killed and there's no possible way out of it <laughs> i can't imagine they're not going to be uh, season three and we just get <laughs> finn exactly. <laughs> we get just, french french theater just get um, aj flopping by saying finn uh, yeah. <laughs> that being said, yes all that i just will not expect it for until probably early 2022 absolutely uh, if yeah. we're lucky it's like yeah. the timeline between these two seasons will be greatly extended yeah absolutely like everything else at the moment we don't know yes. why, why anything could possibly be going back to film uh, as we've talked about before 
is there a point even in confirming that something's coming back when you don't know when filming's going to start again? So like, yeah, yeah, there's, there's loads of shows that are out there that haven't been renewed for, for a second se- or third or fifth season because there's no point in renewing them right now. So, uh, until people know more. Um, yeah. those are our big, we kind of ended off with four points there. Um, anything else we haven't talked about, uh, from the episode? I've got one line that I absolutely loved from the episode that I think needs to be called out, um, because of how poignantly it was delivered by Klaus. Uh, when he stops Diego going to war, effectively going to battle against Vanya and says, I need to tell you something before you go. You look like Antonio Banderas <laughs> with that long hair. I just thought you should know. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely uh, so great because it feels like a real place moment. He's been waiting yeah. for, what, four or five days to tell his brother that he looks like uh, Antonio Banderas. Uh, love it. <laughs> also, a Klaus line, of course, is... He does have courage. He did wear a sarong to a frat party and got loads of numbers, um, <laughs> which is uh, another great class line from the episode. I could go on. Uh, any other moments that we haven't talked about? Very quickly for myself, which is um, a lot of what we've seen in this episode and this season, um, especially the Reggie Pit, is from the comic books. Um, so if you have time, do go out and check out volumes one and two of the Umbrella Academy, which covers all of season one so far and parts of season two uh, that we've seen. I don't know what's happening in the last episode, so maybe there's more. The third uh, book, Hotel Babylon, uh, I'm still only halfway through, so mm-hmm. nothing I want to call out just yet. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I think uh, the only thing I've got is that uh, you see the handler here calling all the operatives back uh, from uh, the field mm. because they're, they're going to war. Mm-hmm. And which can only mean that it must be against number five in some respect yeah. or the academy, uh, all, all the, the six that are remaining. So mm-hmm. yes, that was an interesting, um, little ending as yeah. well to this episode. Maybe it's because the timeline with that anomaly being identified yeah. that they, it's so horrendous that, it's going to so change the timeline yeah. and the integrity of it that they need all their operatives. But certainly she is gathering an army for war. Yeah. You just get that feeling, don't you, about the commission that they're, they have people all across the timeline trying yeah. to ma- massage it back into whatever shape it is that, well, now the handler wants it to happen. And at this stage, this thing that's happening in 1963 is so massive, it's going to blow everything apart if they don't massage it back into whatever shape the handler wants it to be in. So she's called everybody back in for war, I suppose. It's just, it's just a, an interesting final moment for the, for the, uh, the handler in that timeline and what's happening in that future or that off timeline, whatever we called it uh, last episode, because I still can't remember. <laughs> well, actually, very last, very last, 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 last point. Interesting that she's called everyone back for war, but is hiding this anomalous event, which is Harlan. She's hiding that yeah. potential apocalypse or potential or hiding Harlan from uh, the other switchboard operators because she says to the operator, has anyone else seen this? No, I called you first. So mm-hmm. interesting to see if that uh, plays out into anything as well. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Well, on that note, Chris, what did you think of this episode? So I love this. This is a 4.5 if I'm going to score anything. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I am taking down from it is Diego, uh, the character pushed towards the end of going again to try and stop because it's a character that you love to, you love, they built him so well 
in this season, they've expanded upon the character to see him revert in that final moment was just a shame for me. So what, what do you mean, Chris? What's the, what's the issue? The, for me, the very quickly, it's the, he, he, he's shown character growth mm-hmm. across all other aspects and him knowing that, okay, yes, it was not JFK staying alive. Mm-hmm. That caused the apocalypse. It was Vanya's explosion. Uh, that was the trigger, if we call it that. But him still, based on that, still wanting to mess with the timeline to be the hero. Right. And that forcibly, even though everyone has said, don't do it, everyone pushes and go, keep, stay the course, do mm-hmm. what we need to do. You can be a hero in other ways. We're team zero. That type of thing. Yeah. He reverts in the end. His, his default is to go and still try and save JFK. Mm-hmm. And that just, it's like four steps forward and like five back because he just has reverted slightly on that. Right. It's to his own detriment because the decoy's there and the stutters start happening be- and the tears happen because he's been bested. He's not the hero he wants to be. Mm-hmm. They've shown growth, and they've just pulled a lot of it back. I think, but I um, feel I feel that by him coming, looking at the time stream, and coming back in time to stop Vanya, that's also him being the hero. I don't think he's ever changed from wanting to be the hero of the Umbrella Academy. And since he's not the one that saved Vanya, he still has another opportunity to still become the hero and go and stop JFK's assassination. And I also think. Would you stop the assassination of JFK is as big a question as would you kill Hit? Would you go back in time and kill Hitler? So with a butter knife, with maybe with a butter knife, he was also willing to do that. So I think it is fundamental to time travel stories overall. And one character at least has to have that in their head. I'm going to, if I have any possibility to save JFK, I will do it right here. You know, Um, so I don't know whether I agree with you, but you were talking about your opinion about yes. So So I think this would have this neatly puts everything in a bow. I'm super happy with it. All the aspects of how they're wrapping up the season. That just is a that just stuck in my craw, if you want to call it that. <laughs> um so overall loved it and I'm just dying to see what happens in the final sixty minutes. Mm-hmm. Johnners, what did you think of this penultimate episode? I really, really, really liked it. Um I Give this top marks for me. Um, five sweaty gerbil men out of five. <laughs> yes. um, I, I just really liked it. I thought the poignancy of uh, Ben's sacrifice mm-hmm. uh, with Vanya um, and just the um, the interaction of the two fives was really good. Um, you know, we've touched on it, but with uh, File 743, with Leela's um, story being uh, sort of brought out here, at least... Uh, most of it, I suppose, at this stage, with what's happened to to Harlan uh, and Sissy, with the death of Carl, that anomaly now coming from their barn. Uh, like, it was all, you know, there's loads going on, really good stuff going on, fights, poignancy, and they've left a load of intrigue for this uh, final yep. uh, episode 10, 
where you just know there's going to be retribution, vengeance, um, and most of it will be centered on five and if not the wider remaining uh, members of the academy uh so i i think this is really um just such a really good penultimate episode so yeah mm-hmm. five sweaty gerbil men out of five Excellent. derek speaking of sweaty what did you think of this episode <laughs> well it, it is quite warm it is warm it? in here it's absolutely uh, we're finally. all sweaty gerbil men here <laughs> you know I'm all, I'm all i'm gonna say is this is definitely a five out of five for me i think the writing by this team for this episode uh specifically is just working so hard to get all of the stuff from all of this season and everything from last season all together to give us a great penultimate episode and giving us a moment that we all are dying to see this final episode. We've commented before a couple of times about the penultimate episode not setting up enough in the last episode, not giving us enough story to tie up. It seems pretty perfect. I think we've got a good hour ahead of us uh, with enough that can be wrapped up in that last hour and enough uh, enough intrigue and enough, uh, enough interesting characters, enough uh, motivation from all the characters. So this is kind of perfect as a penultimate episode so far. Of course, we haven't seen the final episode, so it could all change <laughs> after the next one. But I did a great job, even within it, just keeping the humor going, keeping the action going, and keeping uh, and keeping the characters uh, having fun together like they have been all season. Uh, I think it's been really, really good. So, uh, yeah, yeah, five out of five for me, too. Yeah. One final thing to do for this episode. John, let's go off to our pub. Can we just go to the Irish pub? I think so. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's it's just across the road. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh it's we need a good old uh knees up. Knees up, um <laughs> for sure. So then fellow uh Brolly Dollies and alumni of the Academy. Yes, welcome to the Umbrella Academy Pop Pub Quiz. The question for episode nine is what building is Vanya being held in in Dallas? Just to repeat that, what building is Vanya being held in in Dallas? Answers on the metaphorical postcard, which is our Facebook group. So you can head on over to our uh, group over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. In the spoiler post, you can comment to Derek's spoiler post within a spoiler post. So this Mm -hmm. is getting kind of very... um, yeah, meta. meta indeed. Um, where you can answer there, or you can answer uh, to our email at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Send it in for this episode, or you can send them all in together to be sure of being in the run for the Umbrella Academy goodies that we have on offer. Was that to be sure in there because we're in the Irish Berta? Yes. Okay. Uh, to be in sure, fact, to be sure. <laughs> we need soft fiddles being played oh, and, and the light tap dance from uh, the Irish dancers. I did complain about that last episode. I'm not going to say it again. Um, the <laughs> Or maybe a few glasses being thrown and a, a good old punch up. Again, also complained about that too. Um, not going to talk about that again. Uh, just to mention, yes, on the Facebook group, just because somebody's already got the answer right doesn't mean you cannot, you can't put the correct answer in there as well in the Facebook group. I have no problem with multiple people giving the same answer. Um, we, we want as many people as possible in for the chance to win Umbrella Academy goodies. So pop on into the spoiler posts, leave your answer there. If you have the same answer as the person above you, that's a good thing. It means everybody's on the same wavelength. 
and you'll go into our drawing at the end of the season for uh, for the goodie pack. <laughs> if, uh, yeah, because not the first, it's not who gets all the answers right first, it's who gets the most correct answers. And if there's more than one person, as we usually do, we pop them into a hat and uh, somebody will win. Yes, courtesy of Price Waterhouse Coopers auditing <laughs> and oversight. You're not allowed to say that, John. We've told you before. Oh, yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're not okay. allowed to say that if there's no Damn oversight. <laughs> no oversight committee. No, it's literally, it is Tombola-esque with uh, names in a hat. Exactly. Just a hat, basically. We don't have a Tombola. That's really expensive. Um, <laughs> but yes, we will be doing the drawing or just awarding the goodies to the Umbrella Academy pub quiz winner in our final episode, the episode after our finale discussion. We'll be talking about any kind of feedback we've had throughout the season since we did our last feedback episode and awarding the goodies to the Umbrella Academy pub quiz winner. There you go. That'll there be you go. And breathe. Two weeks, I think. <laughs> and maybe we can do it like bullseye and we can do a, a pub darts competition no too complex no, no, and i can no. do in one it's too complex no, and you no, get no. like a speedboat or something no way too complex. but gentlemen that is the end we have reached the end of our discussion ladies and gentlemen academy alumni i suppose broadly dolly since we've done nine episodes <laughs> of it you thank you so much for joining us whole, Chris. <laughs> we hope you stay subscribed to a podcast and if you enjoy what you hear why not share it with your friends because sharing the podcast is sharing the love if you really enjoy what you listen to and what you hear why not pop on over to patreon.com slash tv podcast industries and drop us a dollar and sure just give us a bit of a tip because that helps keep the lights on of course you can always stay subscribed so you never miss an episode by subscribing at tv and that is all good or evil podcast catchers we do have the finale coming up the feedback episodes coming up and Later in September, of course, we will be covering Boys Season 2, which looks special. It really, really does. But thank you so much, fellow Academy alumni, for joining us uh, and indeed Brollies. We will be back next time with our discussion about Umbrella Academy, the final episode in Season 2, Episode 10, The End of Something. Ooh. Or, you know what they say at the end of something is always a new beginning exactly it's the end of something Maybe. It's the, the end, end of something two. <laughs> <laughs> next episode on the finale it's the end of season two <laughs> that's, that's all <laughs> or it's the end of Derek's patience with all of our jokes <laughs> Yeah, maybe, uh, but probably not. <laughs> probably not. I'm used to you guys after uh, after 509 episodes now, 512 yes. episodes now. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye. Bye. Yeah, thank you so much. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and like Herb, keep sweating. <laughs> Bye. I and already Derek. am. And Derek. <laughs> Bye. Bye.